Hello, and welcome to Makers.dev, episode number 13. My Chris, what a beautiful microphone you have. You too, Christian. <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> I I don't know if we did this on purpose, but we're wearing like a very similar cut and style of shirt right now. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like our uh, our appearances are converging. We got, we got like the same sort of facial hair. We got the over-ear earphones. We have exactly the same microphone. <laughs> This is, uh, I think this is what happens when you start spending more time with a person. Uh, it, or it's just the coolest way to film a podcast. <laughs> or it's just the cool, we're, we're converging on the coolest right. way you could possibly film a podcast. Uh, speaking of which, we got some great feedback on Twitter of people digging it. Uh, that feels, that feels so good. I think I mentioned this in uh, one of the earlier episodes, but how cool is it that like, these are chats that are benefiting each of us individually, intrinsically, and putting a little bit more effort into it. Uh, and I'm getting kind of caught in the weeds of like playing with the, the tools of making this thing, but uh, uh, putting that aside, uh, with with marginal effort, we're able to have these conversations in a way that other people can enjoy too. That's so cool. I uh, I think in a in a previous episode you said it's like uh, injecting your voice into someone's ears. Yeah. And so, so the way you phrased it was gross. I think I, <laughs> I included it in the title. Uh, that that concept that yeah I, I can inject my voice into someone's ears uh, it's so cool and I continue to enjoy this process thank you yet again for uh, continuing to do this with me and uh, being the the impetus to start this it was a great idea yeah yeah it's really neat we could just talk and then you know stuff pops up on Twitter or stuff you know in Slack groups or whatever and it uh, yeah it's a way to keep up with people and I yeah it's something that I'm glad we did I love it one thing that I'm getting a little in the weeds in that I'm currently frustrated by is we've upgraded the microphone. Uh, I did this experiment last week of like, do we record the audio uh, in high fidelity on our own computers and then mix that together and not just use the, the high quality recording on Riverside. And uh, I'm, I'm slowly decreasing the space that these problems that I'm noticing in the audio could be manifesting. And I think I think it might be a problem in FFmpeg. So uh, uh, hopefully I figure it out in editing this episode. Uh, I don't know how deep in the weeds I'll need to go, but uh, <laughs> spending $800 on a microphone was not the, <laughs> the most effective uh, way to solve this. Uh, but I'm glad that now I can just sort of write that off as if there's ever a problem in audio, it is not my hardware because uh, I have the same microphone that Joe Rogan has. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I'm... Uh, that, that's going to be a, a podcasting job for me next week of trying to figure out uh, how does Final Cut make such good audio with the same input files? And why is FFmpeg not doing the same thing? Uh, there's like technically nothing that Final Cut should be able to do that, that FFmpeg can't. So I know there's a way to do it. I'm just I'm curious. I think it's specifically in the stage of mixing the two audio channels together. And oh, oh my gosh, Chris just left. He's gone. We just had some technical difficulties. I will uh, edit that gap out later and I might edit this out too, but I might just keep it in. Who knows? Uh, FFmpeg mixing together audio channels is tricky. Uh, I, I don't know. Specifically what I'm noticing is uh, in moments when I'm louder, it clips off the loudest part of my voice and it does the same thing with yours. And I don't know if that's like, do we have subtly different volumes and then mixing those together makes it so that the, that range has to be compressed when it's in AAC and then the, the top end of whoever the louder person is, which is usually me, because uh, I, think, I think I just have my gain turned up uh, higher than yours, uh, it gets clipped off. Uh, I And is the way that, that Final Cut fixes that, they like shift it so that it's within the same range. Uh, it's, it's a 
outstanding question. And another application of like this, it's this domain that I know nothing about that I have some tools to be able to figure it out, but uh, it, it's just fun like learning about audio and how that works. Yeah. Yeah. It may be, there's lots of different ways to handle audio. And so it may be a case where, you know, some API does it better than FFmpeg or something. And we have to use that. We'll see. It's really complicated. The process of, and also very simple. It's sound is just like a vibrating membrane and so is a microphone. And you just convert those vibrations to a digital signal. And that's how we get audio. Amazing. Sight is so much more complicated than that of trying to make an artificial thing that you can see. You got to have like red, green, and blue LEDs and you got to light them up and they got to be very small and you got to light them up in just the right way so that they mix to colors. And then smell. Oh my gosh, we haven't figured out smell yet. Uh, but sound is so simple. Sound is just a vibrating. You, you stick a wire onto a drum and you're done. Uh, it's it's cool. Uh, Chris, what did you get up to this last week? What sorts of things were you working on? We're, we're uh, a few weeks in a row, very uh, like meditative space of thinking about the main business. And I saw on Twitter, you've been pumping out these videos that I love. It's th these talking head style videos of doing like these little tutorials and things. I love it. What's what's going on behind that? Yeah, so now that I have a fancy camera with fancy lights and my office all set up and my brand new microphone, I started doing some more of those talking head videos. Um, I was kind of in preparation for an egghead course, which I'm working on. So that is what I started working on and I'm going to keep working on. Um, I sort of committed to doing this uh, in December. And so uh, it's coming up when I when I should have it done. Um, so I'm working on that. And uh, yeah, I really like doing the talking head little videos. Um, I don't exactly know where they're going. Maybe I put them on YouTube. Maybe I keep them on Twitter. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, that's been really interesting. Um, what else? I did a lot of little things last week. And I was kind of bummed because it's like I didn't accomplish anything. But then I actually wrote down everything I did. And it was actually like a lot of stuff. It was just like <laughs> lots of little things. Um, one of the things I did was like I cleaned up a lot of old stuff. So I had domains expiring. Um, so I just let them expire. I like got rid of all the email addresses. I got rid of all my stuff. Um, side note, I can go on a rant about Facebook if you want me to. Um, oh, let's hear it. So Facebook ads. So Facebook itself is like like highly polished. And you can tell it's A-B tested and designed. Facebook ads, which runs their whole business, is like a complete mess. I, I, it's, it's, there's like at least five different subsystems that I had to interact with. I had four or five different like side projects, which I had Facebook pages for that I didn't do anything for. Everyone was like, I'm going to set up this page and finally figure out Facebook ads. And I never did. And so I have all these. It used to be I had to make a business, but now you don't. And so I had an old like business account also. Anyway, I tried to delete all that stuff. It took four or five hours to figure out how to delete all this stuff. And then my account was locked, I think because I had an old five cent charge that I couldn't pay because they don't let you pay unless you have $2 or something. <laughs> it was a whole, a whole thing. Anyway, I finally got that cleaned up, uh, to their credit. Like I emailed support or not emailed. I filled out a form, uh, which that form was one of the five layers. And it was like an archeological dig of Facebook designs. It was the very oldest, <laughs> like square blue rectangles, you know, like that really old design. <laughs> Anyway, within about 48 hours, they had my account back up and running so I could actually delete the other stuff. So I did that. <laughs> um, yeah, what else did I do? Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's about what I did last week. You were talking about the uh, not being sure of publishing videos to, to Twitter or YouTube, and eventually that's going to turn into a course, but not sure what to do with it. I think in one of the videos you said as a as a design challenge you were trying to fit it within the two minute 20 second mm -hmm. video time limit of twitter i love that that's I'm, I'm also thinking about that for clips and practicing syndicating clips that 
two minutes and 20 seconds is a really good amount of time to work with. It's sort of arbitrary. Like, why not pick a minute? Well, okay, you can pick a minute too. That's that's fine. Uh, YouTube shorts are a minute and I think uh, Instagram videos are also a minute. Um, but having that having that constraint, uh, it's it's like the it's like the creativity uh, problem of uh, make up a joke, and you're like, oh my god, make up a joke! I don't know how to do that. But if I say, you know, uh, uh, make up a haiku about refrigerators, it's so much easier to just spit those out with with some sort of constraint. Uh, that if you if you limit your creativity on some dimension, uh, it, it frees you to be less existential and more creative in in different dimensions. Um, I would love to see. Uh, Twitter series of, you know, I'm, I'm going to teach you this technology or this concept in a bunch of uh, Twitter style videos. I, I love that. Um, also, so interesting. <laughs> I've had almost the exact same experience with Facebook of this this part of their app that is their moneymaker. Uh, for me, it's in a, a podcast I have interviewing alumni from my university. I have been uh, practicing queuing up clips so that I, I make a bunch of clips in bulk and then I try to publish one per day. Oh my gosh, that is just the worst experience I've ever had. Uh, you would think that, that, okay, Facebook is this machine generated by content. I am a content producer with a group and a page who's trying, like I'm trying to publish more content regularly and it's just so unbearably difficult. There's And it's React. So I'm like, how did you get in this mess in React? But there's things like, uh, there's a text box for the text that goes in the post. And I have also uploaded a video in that post. And so there's like the, the edit section on the left, and then there's the preview section on the right. And every single character keystroke that I type on the left refreshes the entire content box mm -hmm. on the right, including the video. So oh, every keystroke yeah. I type, the whole thing goes away and then comes back like a second later because it has to reload the, the video and all the other elements of it. Like, how long would that take to fix? And why haven't you fixed that? What do you think that is what's what's behind that the, I, i've found the same thing with like google ads this the the source of revenue coming into this multi-billion dollar company is just terrible yeah. it's, and it's hard and convoluted why is that it's, yeah so they're, they're capable of making very good software with facebook specifically so um one reason i went back in also is because they're making a new thing so business.facebook.com is now going to be the thing i think hmm. and you can use a personal account to uh, put ads for like a page. So it's like how it should have worked like the whole time. Um, but as I went through like the different things, one of the things I could definitely see was like the division between teams, because it's like, it's very clear. Like this is, was a, a completely different team that designed this with a completely different designer and a completely different thing. Um, and there's like, there, there were like three different ways that I had to delete my page. There was like a business asset and a page and a something. And it was like, it was very clear. It was three different teams that designed it and three different design styles. And um, also they have eventual consistency everywhere. And so like I delete something and then like 10 minutes later, it would sh not show up on the thing. Like, so it's just an extremely, extremely complex system with multiple teams. And I think that's probably like what's showing there. So that's all I got for that. Yeah. I see that argument that it's complicated and there are multiple teams, but I think I could say the same thing about their front-facing app, yeah, and yeah. it would be way more. that you, you have more attention and more teams for the exact corner radius of what a text box looks like or something. So how how could it be that the the, the consumer-facing end of Facebook is so slick and so polished and this, this beacon and icon of user experience and uh, a, a platform that's intentionally addictive? Uh, and, and they can't spare any of that energy for the side. Like, I think the question I'm trying to ask is like, how does it not make business sense to be iterating in the same way on the side of your business that's making money 
as it is the side of the business that's uh, just trying to suck in attention. Yeah. Um, I mean, part of it is, so like it took me that long, but I spent all that time, right? So like maybe I don't like them now because I spent all that time, but like I did it anyway. So like, I think that yeah. just the, the drive to do stuff on the business side is so strong that people are going to figure uh, it out anyway. That makes sense. Okay. You, you, you have much higher motivation to get your thing done. So you'll tolerate much worse UX. Whereas if it's a consumer and a page takes more than whatever, I think it's uh, uh, 50 milliseconds yeah, is bounce. what people, yeah. yeah, they'll bounce and they'll, they'll go to Twitter or something else. So, okay. Okay. That makes sense. I was, I was thinking also, I noticed this paralysis in myself of working on DB inbox back when I didn't understand why it was making money. The, the, the idea that I had at the time was, I don't understand this machine. It's spitting up money. I don't want to touch it because yeah. I could break it and then I could stop making money. That I'm curious if uh, there's, a, there's a similar mentality in Facebook of like, this is the part of the business that's generating all this money. And in Google and Google ads, like something we're doing here is working. People are buying these ads. Uh, so don't touch this. And if you do touch it, you better have a very good reason to touch it. So if you come in like, I think this button should be themed like the rest of our app, people are like, no, <laughs> right. don't touch it. It's, it's working. Focus on something else. Uh, and people are still using that and, and they still have the, the motivation to go through it. Yeah. Um, like they're doing this whole, it's an interesting, yeah, uh, they're doing this whole redesign and yeah, if they get that wrong by just a few percent, like that's a billion dollars, you know? So it's, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. That makes sense. But if they get it right, that's a few more billion dollars in the other direction. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and they have this process of like A/B testing and things. I, I'm I'm just curious about it. I'm thinking now too about there are parts of file inbox that I've neglected. That like my own internal dashboard for managing things. It's just it's just the most slapdash. <laughs> like it's bad. Uh, and I haven't improved it because. I can tolerate it and I'm the only person that sees that dashboard. And if I put a little bit more work into that, it could be so much better and could do things like live update and uh, 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 things that take four clicks to do would only take a click. And I haven't done that, I guess, because it doesn't matter because it only matters to me. Like it, it would only be an aesthetic thing for me. Yeah. Hmm. That's the cobbler's uh kids have no shoes right that's yeah, my admin that's dashboards right. there there's no styling it's just like plain text yeah same thing yeah <laughs> just like just the the default rail scaffold templates of like good yeah that's hilarious <laughs> fantastic uh facebook ads and google ads i would love to ask you a question about what i'm calling clip stop marketing because i don't know what to do with it um that i'm building it for myself and uh, I'm okay not having, like, I know what the next month or two is going to look like because there's a set of features that I want to build into it. Um, but I, I'm not sure what I'm aiming at yet. Uh, so clip start marketing is what I'm calling this machine that takes a single long form piece of content, like a finished YouTube video of one of our episodes and makes it trivially easy for me to add chapter bookmarks and to clip out sections of the video. And I haven't done it as much on this podcast. I'm doing it more for the, the alumni podcast I mentioned earlier. But uh, it, it lets me, for an hour-long piece of content, I can go through and bookmark and make 
about five clips from the episode in if it's an hour-long episode about 40 minutes and then there's some things i need to do manually but the the goal that i'm aiming towards is uh, in those 40 minutes, I rewatch the entire episode at two or three times speed. I'm adding the bookmarking and I'm adding the, the clips uh, while I'm going. And then I hit done. And then those get syndicated out with one video clip getting published per day on every single social media feed that I have. And it's in that Gary Vee style with the, the title on top and the video in the middle and the uh, transcription on the bottom. Uh, it's great. And it solves this huge problem that I had in the alumni podcast that I made of like, no one listens to podcasts. But everyone is on social media feeds. And how easy is it to watch a nice snazzy titled two-minute video that's like, ah, <laughs> uh, Chris tears apart the back end of Facebook. Uh, and then it's subtitled and you don't need sound on so you can still watch it. And then if you want to, you can hop in there. Uh, that is so much easier than like subscribe to my podcast and listen to this hour long, right. uh, <laughs> much lower signal to noise ratio. Uh, me just like chatting for, for these little nuggets of uh, things that, that would be useful. Uh, so it, it, it makes so much sense to me. And that's like Gary Vee's strategy. And that's uh, a lot of successful YouTubers are doing this and um joe rogan uh does this also with jerry clips although he stopped that with the the move to spotify um what would you be aiming at for this to do i i don't know what to i <laughs> i don't have a plan of like what to do right. after i've made this thing for myself that, that i can use to to syndicate and make clips of my own things do i make this a SaaS? do i start my own media company where I charge someone $3,000 a month to do like a, a Brian Castle style uh, productized, uh, oh, what was it? Audience ops, like a, right. like an audience ops, but for uh, long form content. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So it's for sure a problem that other people have too. Um, as evidence, I will try to find this uh, live. Uh, let's see. So do you listen to the run with it podcast? Uh, it's in the indie hackers sort of podcast. The run uh, with it podcast. Thing. So on run with I it, don't. they bring on people and they, um, who have the people who are already running their companies and they have some other idea and they don't have time to do this idea. So they explain the whole thing and then hopefully someone like runs with it. Right. That's the oh, idea. Cool. Yeah. One of the recent ones was someone who talked about clipping content for oh, YouTube. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, to listen to this episode. Oh man. And I can't find it now, but I will later. Um, so yeah. So she had the exact same problem. Um, especially her target was like, um, inspirational speakers and that kind of thing who have like, they mm. do these workshops, they have like a 50 minute video afterwards and they just mm -hmm. do not have time to clip it. You know, they should clip it and put it on Facebook and YouTube and all this stuff, but they just don't have time. Um, yep. but if they did, they would get a lot more leads. Right. And, um, so, uh, her suggestion was something more like the Brian Castle thing than a SAS. Um, so it was mm. something like you develop a process, um, where, you know, you get in these 50 minute clips, you clip them into 10 things and you deliver the 10 clips to them. She even said, like, don't even worry about posting it to uh, like YouTube and Facebook and stuff. Um, mm. Because these, these people generally have a process for that already. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so target people with a big audience, but who don't have time. So they have to have a big enough audience that is their full-time gig, but not a big enough mm. audience that they already have like an assistant to do this kind of stuff already. Mm -hmm. So yeah, target that market. So anyway, that was her whole idea, which I think is pretty good. Um, you could go a couple other directions, but uh, yeah. Cool, man. What a perfect reference to pull. That was, that yeah. was amazing. <laughs> oh, Christian, you have a problem. Here's an entire podcast episode about exactly how to solve that problem. Uh, neat. Okay. And that's reassuring that I don't need the, 
uh, the the buffer style features of queuing it yet, because yeah, that that's there's so many different solutions for that and different ways to do it. I think I want that for myself, uh, but this this is a valuable product. Yeah. Without that, as long as you like you deliver, you say here's ten videos for YouTube. Here's the same videos but cut for Instagram. Here's the same videos but with pull tweet pull quotes for Twitter. You know, so it can be the same videos, just slightly different formats and resolutions and stuff for each of the different social networks. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's part of my pipeline is I can do that sort of, uh, clips in parallel of, uh, if, if it's for YouTube, you don't need the, the banner on the top or bottom, uh, because everyone on YouTube has the, the volume turned on, um, and browses it in a, in a different way. Um, so I can do that and I can do a square one with the, that top and bottom and I can do a, oh, and then I could just like sync it to Dropbox or something, or, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. if it's, if it's more like a one-on-one. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. This is another, uh, <laughs> a few times I've uh, done this of like building a thing without doing audience first. Uh, for everyone listening, build your audience first. That's, yeah. that's the way to do it. We do this it, is we do it, it the wrong, wrong way. All the wrong way. That's, that's us. Yes, no. <laughs> Which I had a realization <laughs> about that. Like, so, so I was thinking this about async.dev. So one of the things I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to do with that, I got on some like list where now bots sign up every day for it which is sort of lame. And I can tell their bots because the email addresses don't make any sense and they log in and don't do anything. Anyway, oh, gross. I'm going to turn off self sign up and just like have an email sign up. Um, but one of the things I realized with that is that's what we said, like, I'm going to do everything wrong and see what happens. And one of the things I realized is that that is how I do market research. So I know that I can build really quickly, but instead of mm-hmm. getting in front of people and just talking to them, I have a hard time doing that before I have anything. Mm. So I'll spend a week or two building then get in front of people. And I learned a, a whole bunch. Like I talked to lots of people because I mm-hmm. built the thing, mostly like I built the thing in public, right? And people coming came and talked to me about it. Um, and so I learned a whole lot. And that's that's kind of just how I learn. I think that's sort of how you do it too, right? You build the thing, then you talk yeah. to people and then you do it. And I think that works as long as you're really quick and iterating. Um, but yeah, so that was an interesting realization about that's just, that's just how I operate. And I think that's okay as long as I recognize that that's what I'm doing. I love that idea. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, I totally agree. And that's, uh, I, I was going through the 30 by 500 course by Amy Hoy and Alex Hillman, and they uh, are teaching the correct way to do it, which is you start with the audience, you start with market research, you start by doing things that uh, aren't very expensive. Like their example is, uh, they call it an e-bomb. It's sort of like a, a piece of uh, content marketing, like a blog post post or like a short video or uh, an article or a tutorial or like a PDF or something. And I think it's easier for me to make an app than it is to write a blog post. Right. <laughs> and I would like it to be easier for me to write a blog post, but, uh, and I, I think you're the same way of like, we, y- you have this incredible skill set of it's very cheap for you to make software, which for most people is the hardest part for, uh, oh my gosh, I, it was, it was heartbreaking. I was talking to someone who, uh, in Dallas that we met through a, a local group here and he was showing me his app that he made for photographers. Um, and he was so excited about it. And he was showing me, and I was looking at it like, oh man, this is a piece of garbage. Like, <laughs> this guy's not technical, but he, I don't know, did he like hire a student to do this or something? And it had to do with, uh, he, he's a, a journalist, uh, so he takes photographs for newspapers. And uh, it, it had something to do with like uh, taking photos from your camera wirelessly and then putting them in the place that they need to go. And the, the system for that right now is horrible. And so he, he had identified a very real problem that was very good, but like the, the app was awful. And I started talking with him about it to try to get a sense of the numbers and like, what was his pricing? And he, he was like, oh, I'm thinking of charging like $5 a month for it. And I was like, charge more. That's a, that's a classic mistake that you make. 
and I was like, how did you build this? Like, what, what, did, what's your process for this? Do you, did you hire like a student or what's going on? And he said, oh, I've, you know, I've, it's been, that's been a really tough part. I, I raised a bunch of money from friends and family and I've actually, uh, I'm on, on my third uh, consultancy development team for doing this. Uh, and so far I've spent about $80,000. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh my God, you spent, you spent $80,000 for this? How did that happen? Oh, I'm so sorry. How, on behalf of my community of software developers, we've we've done you a great disservice. Um, that, like, it's just tragic of, he had a very good idea and he's identified a very good problem, but he just doesn't know how software works. And so, yes, it, it cost $80,000 to get to the point that I could have gotten to in like, I don't know, an hour? Um, even if it was in this mobile app space that I I don't fully understand, an hour's hyperbolic. Yeah, yeah. In like a day, it. I could have I could have uh, gotten at this point. Um, so like that's that's not the problem that we have because if if you had built this thing that for this guy would have cost eighty thousand uh, dollars, and then you bring it out to the market and you find out like oh actually you know all of this is trash and I'm going to scrap all of it and do something in WebRTC instead and totally rearchitect it, you would lose I don't know a a few weeks. Uh, at, at maximum, uh, depending on the scale of it, like maybe a couple of hours of development work to, to totally transition, like something foundational, just because that's the medium that you're working in. For you, that is as easy as editing a blog post. Uh, but for this guy, I would just knock him out. And I, I didn't know what to say to this guy of like, look, like, I know you're $80,000 into this, but you're in trouble, dude. This, oh, this, you're, I don't know how much money you have. Uh, but the $80,000 for most people I know would, uh, that would knock you right out. And yeah, for, for you, it's, it's not nearly that expensive. That, that is a form of iterating. That is a form of doing market research. Uh, I think that's perfectly valid and I love that way of framing it. Yeah. And not only is it not expensive, like I learned a whole ton of stuff. And so like in two weeks I mm -hmm. built the whole thing and now I have like a whole subsystem of comments and threads and stuff, which I'm already planning about how I'm going to drop that into meeting place. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it was a learning experience, and I got to talk to a whole bunch of people about it. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just as long as you understand that's what you're doing. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm getting much more comfortable with that, and I'm... Uh, I would like to be stretching myself more in the direction of doing things the right way and talking more to people. A practice that I've started recently that's been very helpful is manual onboarding. I uh, for For all of the things that I've made like in the last year, uh, I think my previous technique would have just been like, I build it and I post a link about it on my blog and maybe I post about it on Reddit and then I forget about it. And instead of doing that, what I've been doing is uh, I'll post about it like on Twitter uh, and I'm, I'm starting to cultivate more of an active audience on Twitter and try to get a sense of like, who is the person who has this problem? And if people say that they're interested, I'll say, hey, I'd love to onboard you to this. It's in beta. It's not great, but I think it can solve some of the problems you have. Let's schedule a call and I would love to get you set up. And then on that call, I watch them sign up for it and I watch them try to use it. And it is the hardest thing in the world <laughs> to just sit back and like when they're trying to do something and I know the way that I think it should work and I'm like, oh, it's this button, just push this button. Oh, it's so clear. Uh, watching them struggle with that uh, in a very mom test style process uh, is so nice. And the, the product improves so much faster that way. And I'll get off each call. I average like five major things that I need to change. And then I try to fix those before the, the next one. Um, and so that, that sort of process feels like moving in the direction of, I'm still sitting in this base of, uh, I, I'm making software products first. Um, 
but I'm moving more in the direction of trying to get more audience feedback and trying to iterate faster and not just fall into this trap of, I made this perfect thing in my code cave and now I'm going to launch it and uh, <laughs> I have built it so they will come. <laughs> right. uh, I'm, I'm trying to get more feedback at that stage. And I think that's the, the way to improve that process. Yeah. And that's actually what I'm hoping. So async, I'm not taking it down. There's actually people, some people using it, which is nice. Um, but I'm just going to turn off self sign up and have an email me link basically. And so I'm kind of hoping mm. the same thing will happen. You know, if people want to use it, then they will email me and then I can have that conversation with them. Um, yeah. It's a great idea to watch them actually sign up for the thing. Uh, so I might do that too, but um, yeah. Yeah. Talking to more people, hopefully. Talking to people, super <laughs> important. Very, uh, I would so much rather just, <laughs> this isn't true. This was once true. I would so much rather just interact with my computer because computers are so predictable. Uh, they they behave the same way every time and I can learn the rules of how they work and they uh, both of us are following the rules and they have a very precise language and the language means exactly what it says and it's unambiguous. Uh, people are so messy and dirty and uh, sloppy and do not communicate clearly uh, and I'm getting much better at that more personable side of business of like, People are great, and the, 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 that's what business is, is helping other humans. And so the closer I can get to that of the core thing that I'm doing is building tools to help people. And it doesn't matter if I'm building a tool just in isolation that doesn't help anyone. That's a meaningless thing that I've built. Um, so it, the closer I can get to that lower level of uh, what is like the human pain, what's, what's the emotion that this person is feeling, and the way that I help them with that emotion is almost incidental. It could be a piece of software. It could be a video. It could be a blog post. Um, I, I have built the technical skills to make software very cheaply, but uh, I'm, I'm learning to focus much more on like the core thing here is business is about selling positive feelings and removing negative feelings. Uh, and it sounds outrageous to say that of like, yeah, what are you talking about? What about a McDonald's hamburger? That's not feelings. Well, it kind of is. It's like removing the feeling of hunger and giving you this feeling of delight of the burger. And if you buy a house, you don't need a house. You need like shelter from the rain and uh, I don't know, a little bit of heat. And you can get that in a cave with some fire. Uh, the reason people have houses is because they want these positive feelings of like, uh, I have succeeded and I am safe. And uh, if you can deliver those feelings of safety and security, you can charge people $500,000 and have them buy a mortgage so that they can uh, have those positive feelings over a long period of time. Uh, I, I feel like I'm slowly peeling back these curtains of, it, it's not about the thing, it's about the person. And it's not even about the person, it's about the feeling that that person has. Uh, it's it's very against my natural inclination to, <laughs> to think that way, but I've, uh, I think that's, that's the blind spot that I've had in the world and uh, clarifying that has helped me make things much better. Yeah. That would actually be one case, I think, for making clips.marketing, at least at the beginning, more like a productized service. You know, you can explore mm. more of this because it's going to be you interacting with people. And so, yeah, um, that'd be kind of an interesting uh, way to do it. Plus, you know, it doesn't have to be that way forever. You know, like get four clients and do it for yeah. a few months and see what yes. you think, you know. Um, yeah. Four clients. If I was charging like $2,000 a month, which when I was talking to someone to hire them to do uh, that sort of clipping on this show. Uh, that was going to be an experiment of like, how does how does a professional do this? They were going to charge me $2,000 a month. So if I had five clients at $2,000 a month, or I think you said four clients. Uh, well, whatever. Eight, pick some small number. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's 8,000 MRR, which is like what File Inbox is making now. And for this podcast and for the other podcast I'm doing, 
this podcast takes like it's like an hour to record and then it's about an hour to uh do all the clipping and things and it's a little bit more than that now because i still haven't ironed out this process right. uh, but okay if i have four clients that would be like eight hours a week to make eight thousand dollars my gosh i'm making eight thousand dollars a week and i'm not even doing oh i'm not even doing the recording parts what would be half of that yeah. oh, like yeah, the hard yeah. most of that time is uh is like that i'm actually on the podcast yeah. but presumably if someone's hiring me they're not hiring me to also be on the podcast right so well, now and, I'm making $2,000 an hour. And at some point, huh. you can hire VAs or, you know, assistants to do it for you, the clipping. Yeah, that's the game, I think. Right. Yeah, and I've, I'm, I just maintain the tools on the team and stuff. Yeah, I think that would be a good way to stretch me. I think that's, a, that, that's like, just outside of my comfort zone of... That would be a much more personable business than I've done before. Uh, I, I think I find a lot of comfort in, like, I am here, and my app is in front of me, and then the customer is behind that, and you interact with the app, and then sometimes I interact with the app, and uh, but I... I'm just here if this app breaks and otherwise just interact with this app. If it was more of a product as service, it, it would be flipped. It would be like the person is interacting with me and then I interact with the app and then I deliver it. And from their perspective, I'm just really good and fast at making videos uh, right. and very consistent. Uh, but little do they know, I'm, I'm barely spending any time on this because I've built this ridiculous tool set. It's scary, and I like it, and I think that's a good way forward. I don't know how to find these people. <laughs> Another problem of like, I would email the whoever was on the Run with It podcast. Email her first. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because she seemed to have that. contacts that wanted this. So, yeah. Neat. That's a great lead. I will do exactly that. Uh, I'll schedule a call with her. Also, with our uh, incredibly prolific and wide reach of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> all 30 something people uh if there's anyone listening to the show that either has this problem directly or uh you know someone who would love a content media machine to spit out clips and have those syndicated on a bunch of different social media networks that's the way to win this social media game uh especially if you're sitting on like a content vault if you have like microconf has oh microconf would be a great customer uh i would love to talk to maybe like rob walling yeah. about this um he is sitting on content that like if he had clips of that, he could be posting clips three times a day for the next 200 years. Oh, yeah. Um, and then that would just grow every channel he posted it on orders of magnitude. That, that'd that be amazing. Uh, there's all these, like, floofy... Uh, like, Gary Vee has some interesting things, but he's he's so much more of a showman to me than a useful advice. He's he's very like, ah, you can do it. and uh, Just just do it. I mean, that, that's not very, like, practical, pragmatic advice. I want to know the, the actionable little tips of... Uh, right. like Claire Sullenthrop talking about, uh, oh, I forgot what her topic was. Something on, uh, oh, not Facebook. Oh, uh, Moitza Zove talking about, uh, the, the tips on how Facebook ads actually work and how you can, uh, use that in your business. Yeah. That's a, that's a very tangible, actionable thing. I would so much rather see clips of that than another clip of Gary Vee talking about how, oh, you just gotta <laughs> hustle and yeah. uh, hustle hard. And that's the way to succeed. Yeah. Uh, so someone else. So I just had two thoughts. Well, so someone else who's just done this recently is so Nathan Barry has a new thing where he on YouTube interviews uh, people doing paid newsletters um, mm. and then he clips those and puts them on Twitter. So it'd be interesting to see how he clips those if he uses a VA or whatever. Um, or it's probably, I mean, probably someone in ConvertKit is doing that. Um, and then the other thing uh, was my other thing. Oh, the other thing you could do this for is it doesn't have to be video. Um, it could be podcasts. So once yep. you have clipping, you could clip podcasts use something like wave or something like that and yep. make the social images that way. Um, yeah. It's funny you bring up wave wave. The last time I checked had, uh, I think like an $80,000 MRR. Yeah. I tried to use them for 
the same alumni podcast I, I, I mentioned twice already. Their product is terrible. It is painful to use. It is so bad. Uh, if, if you're listening to this from Wave, please let me help you. I have so many ideas for how it could be so much better. Uh, even though I'm making a thing to, that might be competing with you, like, oh, you with oh, it's just so bad. Uh, it was so hard to use and like very clunky. I haven't used it in several months. I don't know if they fixed it, but I could build something so much better than Wave. Uh, and yeah, that that uh, I, I know they, that that yeah, go ahead. I know they came out with it really fast and iterated since then. So if it's been mm -hmm. several months, maybe maybe it's gotten better. I hope so. Uh, it was it was agony last time. Uh, so that. That would be a fun market of like, uh, and you said use Wave, but or your foundationally own thing, the right? things that Wave are doing, like I've, yeah. I've already replicated in FFmpeg. Uh, I've I've figured out how that works. Uh, so the yeah, I think I think that's another great market because podcasters are very easy to find. You just go on YouTube and see who's publishing podcasts and who has a bunch of followers and who fits the demographic of like, okay, this person could pay uh, in the low thousands of dollars to uh, have clips of their thing syndicated. Uh, let me reach out to them and see if they would be interested in this thing. Well, this is exciting. Hmm. I feel like every I week, I, I feel like every yeah. week we get something that's very exciting for you. <laughs> I'm a very excitable person. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I've, I've got my mania turned up a little too high. <laughs> I still haven't done the, the Stripe checkout that I was excited yeah. about last week. I, I got totally sidetracked on other stuff. Uh, yes. Okay. Cool. I think the plan with this then is I would like to polish this for me uh, because uh, it's it's not at the point where the clipping is happening online. There's still some manual steps in it. So I think if I go through this, like, I don't know, five more times, it would be at the point where the, the clipping part of it is happening uh, super smoothly that I feel like I do have the bandwidth to just be churning this out and I could, I could be editing podcasts that aren't even mine. Um, and then I think I'd like to get on the phone with some people. I guess I could reach out to the, the woman who uh, was on the podcast you mentioned from the, the Indie Hackers related podcast um, and just get like a sense. Okay, so I, I want to schedule a call with her. I want to continue iterating on smoothing this out for myself. And then uh, I think as soon as it's ready for me, I'd like to see what it's like to edit someone else's podcast. And I don't even know that I would need their permission to do that. I think I could come to them with a pitch of like, hey, here's the product, here are the clips, here's what this would look like if I did this for every episode that you did. Uh, I would love to schedule a call with you. Yeah, um, I mean, for anyone who posts on YouTube or a podcast, you can just pull it down and clip it and yep, send yep, it yep. to them. Yeah. Cool. Well, that sounds like a plan that I'm very excited about and also feel so much more in alignment with. I don't know if this is just like the honeymoon period of this business, but like I like this so much more than File Inbox. Uh, it's just like a problem that I have intrinsically that... I'm interested in it's I'm, I'm dog fooding it of I'm interacting with this system that I'm building multiple times a day. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested in this video production space. Uh, people who have high profile podcasts are people who are so exciting for me to be working with. It's like, Oh my gosh, could I talk to Tim Ferriss? <laughs> That'd be really cool. Uh, could I get early access to, to Tim Ferriss's interviews? Uh, amazing. Uh, it's I'm currently very optimistic about this as a, as a place to be directing my energy. Yeah, I think so too. Um, clipping is something not just on the Run With It podcast, but I've seen it come up multiple times on Twitter and stuff. So um, people are thinking about it. So that's a good place to go. I like it. And I've got the microphone to do it with. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Chris, what are your goals for this next week? What would you uh, um, like to be focused on? So I pushing more, forward more of the the short form videos of the uh, tutorials. Yeah, so I have some more of those planned. I just want to see, you know, put them up on Twitter, see how they do. Um, I want to do my Egghead course. Um, mm-hmm. That I have like the so the way Egghead courses go for me, I make like a plan with a code sample, basically like. I start from either zero or some base and I get to some finished state and then I like write down every single step I did to get there. Um, and so I have that basically done. So now I need to go back and record videos for each of those steps. Um, and then there's always some, so Egghead does a great job with like post-production, like they make artwork and they do a whole thing for courses. So there's some of that that's going to have to happen. Um, that'll take probably a couple of weeks, uh, not full time, but like just back and forth. So I want to do that. Um, I have this idea to launch a micro SaaS in a week. <laughs> so I know it's totally, you, know you know, I like that. <laughs> I know, I know it's a totally new one. I want to do it with these short form Twitter videos. So basically I want to do like a two minute video for every single step of the thing. So like registering cool. the domain name and setting up DNS, you know, cool. Getting rails started and whatever, like, so I might do that next week or maybe the week after. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's what I'm thinking about. I'm so excited for that. Uh, oh, how exciting. Um, I'm curious about how the Egghead partnership works. Uh, how is that? Is that like a revenue sharing? Do they pay you or how, how does that work? Yeah. So Egghead, each platform is a little different. Um, Egghead, the way that works is you get yeah revenue share. So a percentage of their corporate profits go towards the authors or it might be, okay. might be net revenue or it might be revenue. I'm not sure. Um, goes towards the authors and from that pool you get a percentage based on how many minutes of like your video was watched compared to everyone else's um, oh neat and there's paid videos and free videos and so there's that co- that calculation in there too so a percentage of your paid videos so yeah so like they do a big like basically email blast and everything when a new course comes out so you release a new course you get a big spike of revenue but like i have cool. courses i put out like two years ago that i'm still getting monthly like checks for um cool. so that's pretty nice that sounds like a very fair model to be splitting company revenue and, and uh I like that because then if, if the company's doing better, uh you do better. It's not like a like a flat model of Oh, I think there's a... oh not Coursera. Um Skillshare, I think, has a model of they, they pay you like a flat rate based on the number of minutes that people are watching. And that Based on based on their model, I think Skillshare has a much higher upside than the content creators. It sounds like the content creators uh, are missing out on a lot of that revenue, which they can get away with, I think, because they're a huge platform. If you're on Skillshare, you're just going to get people sort of drifting in. Um, I, I am liking the egghead community of the way you're describing their revenue model. Yeah. That it, it, if the company is doing well, if the company does better, you also do better. Uh, that sounds very fair. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Joel Hooks. Yep. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Cool. I've met him. He's a cool guy. He's very tall. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of tattoos. <laughs> Much cooler than me. Uh, Chris, that's all I got. That's all I got, too. Then I will see you next week. All right. Goodbye. Bye.